0: You spend your life with the Beethoven string quartets, and so having just listened to two hours of the piano sonatas, are there fundamental differences that occur to you? I guess I could also ask about similarities, but I'm somehow a little bit less interested in that because his personality is so strong, the, I think the similarities are going to be inevitable. Um, but I'm interested to know, I have one idea, but I'm first curious to hear from both of you, are there things that strike you?
1: Well, the. Parallels are more striking, I think. Uh, but for me, the fundamental difference that occurred to me when I was listening to you and today, perhaps defines this. The difference is the fact that these sonatas are, after all, vehicles for uh, for a performance, a virtuosic performance. Beethoven himself was a great pianist, and one feels that the, this, this music is is a sort of vehicle for a for performance, it, it, there's there's nothing abstract about it, in the way that uh, the string quartets are written, in a in a world, uh, I would say, in a sort of uh, abstract mm. bubble, and and more and more so as they progress uh, in in, in his life. Beginning in a sort of house music style, very, very, uh, what what basically string quartet writing was at the beginning of when when Beethoven set out to to write them, and then ending in in a complete um, world of its own, completely away from. Well, perhaps in a similar way to the piano sonatas, but still, piano sonatas are so connected to the instrument.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So the idea maybe being that really nobody could play the string quartets at the time, but at least he, if no one else, could play. There was one person in the world who could who could manage them.
2: Yeah. No, it's true, it's, it's really... Um, it's, it's, it's exactly what, what Kishu said, that um, it's, it's, uh, it seemed to be completely... It, it's so well, I don't know, I'm not a pianist, but it seems so well written somehow, so it's, that, that's, no, not, not so well, but it, it seems to be, I mean, perhaps you you give me this this feeling because it's it's uh, it seems so fluid and so not easy, but so so fluid, yes. And it's for the three quarters. Perhaps we 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 fight a bit more.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I think it's 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 incredibly well written in the sense that the things that are difficult are also supposed to sound difficult. That it's not like Mozart, where you very often want the impression of ease. And yeah, <laughs> do, yeah, it rarely work. is easy. Where here, the, the, the sense of intensity, I think, very often comes from the fact that there is struggle involved in playing.
1: And I think that's very much the case with, with the string quartets. I think that there's a, an element of resistance and struggle that defines this music. Uh, it's never really easy. and. and
0: I have a a kind of a theory, and I'm curious to know what your reaction to it is, uh, which is a little bit an answer to the question that I asked myself. And I'll I'll start by laying my cards on the table. I mean, that I... It pains me, but if I had... If you put the proverbial gun to my head and I had to pick the string quartets or the sonatas, I would take the quartets. Um, But having said that, it, it occurs to me that there is one advantage to the piano sonatas, which is that the piano is capable of approximating the conversation, a dialogue, a conflict between people that obviously is one of the things a quartet does so naturally. You, know, you don't hear it so much in this program, but certainly in the late fugues, there's such a sense of, you know, of the voices in, you know, in tandem and then in battle and all of that. Um, but I think, despite the unbelievable profundity of the slow movements of the quartets, maybe a quartet cannot creates a sense of solitude in quite the same way so, of, of, being, of being alone. That there's some, and that for me, that's such a big part of Beethoven's personality, This sense of being alone in the world, alone in the universe, alone with his thoughts, alone with his idealism. And I certainly, when I play them, it's some of the slow movements, I feel that there's something profound in the being alone with the music. And I wonder if that strikes you as, as different in any kind of important way.
1: Well, I think that that I certainly do feel this, uh, playing this music, especially his slow movements, perhaps especially the slow movements of the late quartets, or for instance, the slow movement of of Razumovsky Number 2, which we played yesterday, this sense of loneliness. I mean, but at the same time, there's this redeeming factor of of, of the fact that we we share this loneliness, the four of us, um, and that we... We have this. We are having this dialogue, but at the same time, it is it is a music that can only really be experienced in the depths of yourself. yourself. And this is this is goes both for us as performers, and I think for every member of the audience, every person listening to Beethoven experiences their music in in the very depth of their loneliness. And perhaps we are fortunate, like like you say, in the fact that we, by the very nature of playing in a string quartet. We live this music together. We talk about this music together. So we somehow share this loneliness.
0: Loneliness is ironically a part of the shared human experience. Yeah, um, that's that's yeah, that's very interesting. And I certainly, you know, this is not specific to Beethoven now at all. But I I find I feel that as a, like a profound difference playing solo and playing chair music. That there is, I mean, there is something unbelievable about creating something like this music on your own. But there's also something so really extraordinary about about having an experience that intense with other people on stage.
1: That and having that exper- the, the experience of living this music th- uh, throughout our lives. It's not just uh, a rehearsal or a performance. It's the fact that this music is flowing through us together between us for years and we, we come back to this music and, and this music whether we played these quartets or not it develops in us because we are different people seven years on and, and and it changes with us. So,
0: yeah. a specific question: um, I have always felt, and I'm so sad to—I was out of town playing last night, not to have heard the concert last night. I, 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 mean, I love all of the quartets, but I have kind of a special love for Fifty Nine Two. Uh, and I've always thought—I mean, obviously their opuses are so close that there is some kind of connection between that and the Appassionata. I mean, there are a couple of. Um, specific things with sort of this kind of fixation on the Neapolitan. I mean the the, the, the sonata goes immediately from up a half step and in the quartet you have and then immediately which is I mean it's it's a unusual move and it's it's kind of chilling in a way, I always find. Um, and then something about the last movements how you have something kind of reined in until suddenly it's not at all anymore. Um, I'm wondering if that, I mean, the slow movements obviously have nothing in common, but I'm wondering if you feel that as well, that there is a yeah, parallel. This, I mean,
2: this, this two-month character definitely, it's in 59 too. It's so obvious in the, in the first movement, at least. Um, what what there is not so much is the third movement, this this nostalgic, uh, this, uh, uh, this kind of um, back memory that is not, but... Yeah, we're, there are four movements, and perhaps that's also... But, but uh, yes, otherwise, yes, definitely, definitely. I was thinking about the 59 nine two, listening to, to your passionata.
0: Another question I, that occurred to me that I was just thinking about, I've often wondered about this, and I'm wondering if you have any theory about it, um, The string quartets are, in general, so much longer than the sonatas. The Opus 7, which opened the program tonight, is the second longest of the 32, and it's not even a half hour. I think the majority of the quartets are more than a half an hour long. Do you think that they're bigger in scope? Do you think that there's any kind of an explanation for it?
2: But if you take the the slow movement of the last of the last quartet, like one three two one two seven, I mean, there are one three two is twenty minutes long, the slow movement only, and it seems that it it broke the the rules of of everything in this slow movement and one two seven as well. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a quartet in itself, this, this slow movement. I mean, it's, it's it tells so many stories in one movement, that's quite quite amazing. And its in his work, perhaps it's we meet that only in the string quartets. Uh, or yeah, perhaps the Ninth Symphony, or I don't know. But, but uh, yeah, but, but, it's but not yeah, it's, all it's, the time it's, the it's a, a, almost a general rule in the quartet. It's true.
1: What I envy the pianist is the fact that in his final piano sonatas, he um, created this new model of, us, of of the piece ending with this incredible spiritual meditation. Um, none of the quartets have that concept. They, they all end on a, on a very, mo- usually very defiant, heroic uh, mood, tone. Um, but there's there's this very interesting little detail in that when he was writing the final quartets, um, after he completed the commission for Galitzin, writing the three quartets, was 127, Opus 130 and Opus 132, he then he felt that he had more music in him. And then he wrote Opus 131 and 135 together and really basically for himself. And he was sketching them at the same time. And at one point, um, he had a completely different vision of the Opus 131, this crazy... Uh, uh, continuous stretch of fifty minutes, forty-five minutes of, of, seven, of music. seven movements. In my opinion, the greatest thing he ever wrote, uh, where he, he, it was going to end with a slow movement. Really? Yes, and the slow movement is the Lento from Opus One Hundred and Thirty-Five. So, it, this is this is this is when when we play the Opus One Hundred and Thirty-One, we, we very often, as an encore, we play the Opus One Hundred and Thirty-Five Lento, as a sort of um, as a sort of coda, uh, just to, to give the, the idea or the impression of how this piece, because it, it works out beautifully because it's in D flat major, so it really...
2: And the quartet in C, 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 sharp, C sharp minor. minor. Yeah. So it's basically,
1: it can be seen as the, as the finale, so that envy of mine that, that none of the quartets has this transcendent spiritual finale yeah. can be just
0: Yeah, I'm going to say something about that, but first I have to ask you a question. Was the rest of the quartet conceived already more or less the same way and then the last movement was, or the whole thing was... I think this was
1: really initial stages. I think think he probably changed the concept relatively early on, but he did write, he did conceive this this amazing um, slow movement as a possible ending. Um, And another another idea... Little idea that I have is uh, I may be completely uh, mistaken, but uh, Mahler's third symphony ends with a wonderful adagio slow movement, and the theme of the symphony is almost note for note the theme of the of Beethoven's Lento from Opus 135 in D major. But 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 it's uh, I don't know whether these these composers had some... uh, whether they were aware, of course, whether Mahler was aware of this, or whether this is a
0: complete coincidence or whether there's something there, but... uh... That's so interesting. And I I just wanted to say about what what you were saying about these last movements of the late piano sonatas uh, vis-a-vis the quartets. It's always struck me as ironic that even though the late quartets are much closer to the end of his life, uh, you know, they're very close to the end of his life, whereas uh, Opus 111, the last piano sonatas, is a full five years before he died. One Eleven is to me the piece that sounds like now I take my leave. This is my farewell to to the earth, and I, I maybe it's because it was his instrument. I don't know, but it's interesting that the quartet, as you say, there's so much more defiance, among other things as well. I have to ask you, and this honestly, this is for me, not for any of you. Um, <laughs> but I'm just now that I have these resources in front of me, I can't avoid it. What, what is the character of the ending of opus one thirty two i 've never known i 've never i 've always been so puzzled by that last page
2: well we 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 played tomorrow night and we still don 't know i think <laughs> <even> <laughs> we, no but each time we come back on it we 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 wonder what 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 we want to say with this end It never sounds like an end actually yeah. it 's a it's,
0: it's, uh, yeah. I should say, I mean, so the last movement is, I mean, to me, deeply sad, you know, and full of turmoil. And then the, the, it's, a, it's a quartet in A minor. Most of the last moves in A minor, and there is suddenly this very, like, out of nowhere coda, which moves into A major. And I don't know, is it triumph? Is it is it letting go? Is it? I, it's really, I've I've heard it many times. I adore the piece, and it still surprises me every time it comes and goes. Well, that's okay, I guess. Yeah. It's very, very
1: elusive. It's very difficult to say, but I I think um, it's impossible. There are certain... For me also, the the, the similar problem is with the finale of the Opus 135, which which concludes a movement that begins in the most uh, existential way. I mean, it's asking the most... uh, uh, existential questions and it's full of horror and, and incredible depth and then it also this, this material returns in the middle of the movement but uh, in between those two statements the music is, is, is um, quite banal.
0: Yeah.
1: Um,
0: child-like.
1: childlike but sometimes quite banal uh, perhaps <laughs> re- related to, to folk music um, we had a wonderful uh, meeting with Mari Paraya, who told us that he believes that this is a sort of like a f- like a folk um, proverb or sort of a folk wisdom mm-hmm. that this music is, is a description of of folk wisdom. Mm-hmm. So a sort of a return to the simplicity of of, of uh, simplicity of life in the country, yeah. perhaps. I don't know, but it, but it's just that there are certain endings in Beethoven where where I think it, it's it's. Almost pointless to ask
0: oneself this question because it's it's, uh, bigger than us. Somehow for me that is much less problematic. And I think the reason is because one of the things I love the most about Beethoven is that it is in so many ways superhuman, right? But it's also so human, right? There is such... um, there's humor. There's grittiness. There is f- lots of fight, obviously, um, and the, the coexistence of those elements, I think, is one of the most moving things yes. about him. And that's a kind of a strange example of it, but it's that's I think sort of what's yes. going on.
1: Yes, there was mom- Those moments where uh, the the most the, the most profound questions are asked, and then they are followed by a complete sort of erasure yeah. of 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 this of this depth. It's, it's as if he he couldn't sustain. Anymore, he just wants to uh, shift the, shift the mood so that we can somehow deal with what had just happened in our own time, mm-hmm. and just and does move on. Into, which which is in a way where I think how life yeah. is. I find it's the a mixture of of banal
0: <laughs> and and incredibly profound. You and, can't live yes. like that the whole all the time. I, I find the archduke for another amazing example of that. That you know the the slow movement, which is really asking the greatest questions in life, and then You know, I'm just like almost disavowing it, saying, you know, well, not so important, you know. Um, Should we maybe open it up to see if anybody wants to ask some questions? I was just wondering whether this is a point that's worth raising. An introspective moment in a piano sonata, it's still a question of one performer communicating to an audience, even if that audience is one person or a thousand persons. An introspective moment in a string quartet can sometimes feel like the communication is supposed to be between the four performers, and we listeners are mere eavesdroppers. Does that ring true with you people? (laughs)
1: No, I think I think that's a very 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 interesting point. I think you're right. I, I think uh
0: I, I will say that I, I've I've thought about this sometimes because I do find when I, not in the music in this program, but when I get to the late sonatas, that starts to also even though it's just me, it, it should in theory be a form of communication to the audience. I feel like that is something very very not just personal but private as well. I think I almost want to give the audience the impression that they are eavesdropping on something. I think. I mean, it's, I've never put that into words before, but yeah.
1: But perhaps it's uh, a little bit impolite when four people are having a conversation and, and, right. uh, <laughs> between themselves, so you're in a more comfortable situation.
0: <laughs> but I mean, I know you're joking, but I have sometimes, I remember the last time I heard you live, you played the as an Encore, and I did, I mean, and it was extraordinary, and I remember thinking... Maybe I'm not really supposed to be here. You know, I really did have that feeling, almost that this is this is an act of such intimacy between four people to to say those things to one another and together that I, I almost thought, is it right that I'm that I'm present for it? Anyone else who? Hi, Jonathan. So we came all the way from New York to hear you, so
1: but thanks for playing here. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the, the real question I had is, today's program, you know, what was the... Thema- I know you would like thematic elements, having read your book. Uh, so obviously Tempest and Apache It's kind of an obvious parallel, but four, five... I mean, what made you put these sonatas together, and what's the thread, really?
0: I actually don't think thematically in putting Beethoven programs together. I, I almost actually am more interested... Um, in contrast because I think one of the miracles I don't know if you feel this playing the quartet cycle is how unlike they are from one another um, that this one imagination could have produced um, this uh, sheer variety of expression um, that said I, there are what I call Easter eggs in some of the programs, so obviously the the first movement of the of the is absolutely dominated by this fifth symphony idea of yup up and it appears briefly in the last movement of opus ten number one y right at the end of the of the um, development of the last movement, so there's that um, but there yeah but there i'm not really sort of looking for a theme, although I would say maybe what this program shares other than Opus seven, which is essentially it's amazing, but very positive in most ways. The rest of the of the program is very dramatic and quite dark, so I think it maybe showcases that element a little bit. But, yeah. Hey, uh, this is a question for all of you. Um, so many string quartets of pianists, they choose to take on different projects. So in both cases, you guys have chosen to do a cycle of a composer's work, which kind of defines who you are as an artist. Why would you consider taking on a cycle like this, like to complete all the sonatas or the quartet? What draws you in to a project like that?
2: Well, for the quartet, it's uh, quite easy, because I think almost all string quartets or string players that are in a quartet um, chose that way because of Beethoven. Uh, I think for, for me, for you, for my colleagues, it's 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 like that. I mean, having heard <clears throat> when I was sixteen, seventeen, Beethoven String Quartet, that it was obvious for me that I, I wanted to be a, um, in a quartet, and so it's natural at one point to 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 be willing to, to play the full cycle, and it's uh, also because as as you said was there is not one quartet or perhaps, okay, I can, I can feel myself, one that I like a bit less than the others, but it's such vice, such, uh, the, the work is so incredible from the beginning to the end. that it's, uh, it's an Everest for us. So it's, uh, it's, um, it's um, just what what we wish, what I wish for myself is, yeah, to do that in my life, in, in my art- artistic life, definitely. I have nothing to add. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's, it, my answer is also quite similar. And I, I, I would start by maybe saying that I don't know that there's any other complete body of music that I would be drawn to play. But I think, again, with the Beethoven sonatas, the combination of the, the sheer quality, that there's not one that I think is, well, that's not really worth the time, and the variety, just the, the, the totality of the personality, this enormous personality that you, um, you discover by playing all of the pieces. And... Um, yeah, I just think that living with him is the is the most profound experience that a, 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 I was going to say a musician, but maybe a person even can can have that he's a just a person of such breadth and um, such vision that I just think I I just feel I would be poorer without it.
2: It's interesting because of course we we, we don't play a cycle every year, but uh, when we go back to Beethoven, it's. It's so obviously what we, I, I cannot say what we prefer, because it doesn't make sense to say that, but somehow there is something that talks to us immediately. And, 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 and um, yeah, there, there is something obvious for us, no? I mean, it's
1: my yes, absolutely.
2: And I think also what
1: draws me to this music, and I think all of my colleagues as well, is that this music is forever modern it's it's uh, it's never it's 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 almost feels like feels like it's not a question of whether this music is relevant to our times it's more it's still ahead of our times it's he the, he asks he he was someone who completely destroyed the ground that was under him and he created his uh, this this world with no no givens no nothing nothing taken for granted and this is the story of of us in our world right now. So we are actually only catching up with Beethoven and, and I think uh, um, this, is, this is an eternal provocation uh, which uh, is the greatest, it's the greatest privilege of my life to the to, to challenge to, to take up and to, to, to be able to live in my life for sure. Maybe
0: w- one more question? Um.
1: Uh, thank you. That, that leads on nicely to my question, which is about Edwin Dussin book, and talking about the late string quartets and Beethoven's description of it being music for a later age. Um, it, it was fascinating, and really that book opened my eyes and ears to the workings of a string quartet, and he wrote about how he came in as, as violinist to an existing quartet. Um, if a quartet is all about the interaction between the four of you and how each piece is different and every performance is different. What's it like as a, as a pianist, if the motto is that your right hand should not know what the left hand is doing, how do you have that
0: equivalent dialogue? It's really interesting. I think the honest answer is you don't. I think that um, you have to accept that as a limitation of the form. Um, that, you know, the hands must know what the other one is doing, and uh, there has to be coordination between them. Um, But again, maybe the compensation is this, um, is, I would say, you guys work your whole lives, of course, to feel unbelievably secure with one another, but probably there's a degree of freedom and spontaneity that is still not quite possible in the same way as... It is for one person, because ideally my left hand does know what my right hand is about to do. I think that maybe that, that the fact that I, there, there is no one else involved, I can decide in the moment that some circumstance makes me need to linger longer, and there's no danger attached to it. I mean, there's a danger that it might be the, ro- the wrong choice, but I mean, that's a danger that one should embrace, I think. Um, that's, that, I think that's maybe the only way I can answer.
1: My question for, uh, for you would be, do your hands ever have a
0: row with each other? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yes, I uh, very often say my, the, le- the left, the, the pinky of my left hand is for display only. Um, yes, yeah. uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so the right hand looks at it and thinks, what's <laughs> yeah, with the <laughs> <there>. <laughs> Well, I, I really want to thank both of you very much for joining me for this. I, I find it so interesting, and I, I, I will, I sort of implied it before, I have a certain envy of, the, the, there's something so idealistic about this life of four people making this music together. And the music is so amazing. And so it's just really fascinating to get to talk with you about it. And thank you all also so much for staying and listening.